0: Hello! It is Monday the 14th of December, 7pm. I'm a bit sideways on the thing, am I Um It is the launch event for A Snowball's Chance in Hell, the book, no that side, that book there, which comes out in like five hours. If you have pre-ordered the book, then it should arrive on your Kindle in the next five, well, after five hours, not before then. I am uh, J.D. Kirk, Barry Hutchison. Call me whatever you like, really. I'm going to move because I'm very squished, so I'm going to hide the picture of the book at the moment. There we are. I'm now filling the screen. I hope you can all um, hear me okay. Can you hear me? Confirm. Somebody confirm to make sure that I'm not talking into a a vacuum. I'm going to stare at the bit, stare at the thing. Yeah, someone said, Jim says, but is that an answer to the question? Can you hear me? Let's, let's hope so. Nobody is re- responding. Yes, you can, good, thank you. You can hear me, good. Okay, so um, I thought we would start. What I'm gonna do, what I used to do in these things is do a bit of a reading, talk a little bit about the book, answer some questions. Loads of you have sent questions. You can answer questions here as well. But first, I thought I would do a special advent calendar opening. I don't know if you've been following along on YouTube, Uh, The author, Alex Smith, sent me this Yankee Candle Advent Calendar set because I have an obsession with um, scented candles. Uh, And I've been opening one every day and talking about them. Usually um, criticizing them, but some of them have been really nice. Others, not so much. Uh, But today is the 14th. Uh, The 14th is here. So I thought we we would do a live opening. The first ever live candle opening, not by anyone, but by me. Uh, So door 14. Uh, I can't remember what yesterday's was. Green one. Yesterday's the washing up liquid one again. I think it was. Oh, it's a pink one. It's our first ever pink one to mark such a special occasion. This is Snowflake Cookie. I know it. I know. I'm sure of it. Snowflake Cookie. Oh, amazing. That does smell really nice. I'm going to light this. I remember to bring my candle holder over. I'm going to light this and then we will get started properly. If you haven't been following the um, candle thing, go on YouTube and look for notes from a Scottish author and you will see me, a middle-aged man sitting alone, um, sniffing candles for probably a couple of hours worth of, of content now. If that's your cup of tea, Um, just get this open. Here we go. It does smell. Ooh, actually smells quite unpleasant. It smells. Well, I don't know. It smells of baked goods of some kind, but um, not particularly nice baked goods. God, where's my lighter? Well, here it is. I thought I had lost the lighter. It would have been, frankly, a disaster. There we go. Let it wake up. very important. Let's leave that going for now, um, and then we'll come back to that later on. That is the cab that open that's day fourteen. Day fifteen will obviously be tomorrow. There's not that long left until christmas, which is which is terrifying because I'm not even remotely organized. um so anyway, tomorrow new book. Thank you to everyone who has pre-ordered. Uh, there are now about fifteen thousand people have pre-ordered the book, uh, ready to be delivered to their Kindles in the early hours of tomorrow morning. Uh, so um, let me know what you think when you've read it, unless you hate it, in which case keep your stupid opinions to yourself. Nobody cares. Uh, but uh, yeah, Snowball's Chance in Hell. I'll show you it again. Snowball's, oh man, this side now. Snowball's Chance in Hell. It, um, it is the ninth book, is it? The ninth? Tenth? Ninth. It's the ninth book in the DCI Jack Logan series. Um, I don't want to tell you too much about this one. It's set at Christmas. It's set a few days before Christmas. Um, There is a killer on the loose, unsurprisingly. And I don't really want to tell you too much more than that, really. I kind of want you to discover this one for yourself. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to tell you too much more about it. I'm going to read a little bit, though. I will read... uh, I'm going to read the whole first chapter, because the whole first chapter is quite short. So I'm going to read that, um, and then we'll come back in, and we'll start doing some questions and all that stuff, and by then, the smell of the candle should have have properly woken up. Hmm. And then we'll discuss it in more detail. We'll discuss the candle, and we'll discuss the book. Okay, here we go. can't breathe. Here we go. I forgot to um, to put the book on my Kindle, and then not only that, but I forgot to bring the Kindle. Uh, so I'm just going to have to read it off the screen. Uh, I'm not I'm not very organised this time. Last time, if you remember, I recorded a separate reading video in the little cottages where uh, Logan and the rest of the team um, stay when they were in Fort William cottages, which my wife and I now own uh and and you'll soon be available to for them to come and rent them no you can come and stay in them i don't know what i'm trying to say um anyway here we go chapter one The snowballs chance in hell brace yourselves there was something about it the cold something ancient something pure they said that it was fire that cleansed but that had never felt quite right Fire consumed. The cold, on the other hand, stripped you bare, left you exposed, made you face up to all the things you were and all the things you'd done. Fire could take you in seconds, but the cold. The cold took hours to wear you down, whittle you away, breath by agonising breath. Cold gave you time to think, to reflect. To regret. Cold preserved your pain, froze it in time, each painful second staying on long past its welcome as extremities rotted and internal organs slowed before shutting themselves down one by one. She was a deadly mistress, the cold, but beautiful too. The clinical whites, the translucent blues, the clouds of breath, that danced around the suspended flecks of frost that gleamed like tiny diamonds in the air. There was beauty to a flame too, granted, but it was a simple one, obvious. Cold charms, however, were richer and more complex, less showy, but with far greater depth. Anyone could enjoy a fire, only a few could truly appreciate the raw, gnawing beauty of the sub-zero. The man in the box was not appreciating it one little bit. He had raged to begin with, slapped his hands against the reinforced door until the frozen metal had ripped the skin from his palms. He'd have howled then, called out in pain, had his lungs not begun to cramp and his chest not begun to tighten. The circle of glass in the door had held fast, despite his efforts to break it. It was smeared with blood now, a crimson slush with long fingers of frost creeping through it. The man in the box hadn't gone on struggling much longer. He'd jumped around, hugged himself and danced on the spot for almost ten minutes before the rolling cold air had slowed his muscles and his thoughts and he'd collapsed onto the rubber mat in the centre of the box. There he'd stayed. All whispers and whimpers, arms wrapped around his legs, hands scrunched up into tight balls as the cold nipped and pinched at his extremities and forced its way down into his core, eliciting violent, shuddering convulsions that almost knocked him off the mat. The last line of defence by a body in shutdown. The whimpering had stopped forty minutes later. The shivering too. A few minutes after that, he'd got shakily to his feet, pulled off his thin shirt, and tried to jam it into one of the vents through which the icy air came billowing in. He couldn't reach, but then he barely really tried. He barely seemed to remember what he was doing, in fact, and after a few moments spent staring blankly at the intricate flowers of frost blooming along one wall, he fell onto the mat and lay on his back, staring up at the ceiling above him. He would be gone soon. What was left of him would be snuffed out, his heat extinguished by the relentless, all-consuming chill. He would be dead, gone, cleansed by the cold, and he would not be the last. So I shall leave it there. So that is the opening chapter of A uh, Snowball's Chance in Hell. I almost forgot the title there for a second, despite the fact it is on the screen in front of me. Um, memory is not my strong point. I hope you enjoyed the um, the, the start of that. Um, there is plenty more where that comes from. There's other chapters, There's many, many other chapters in the book. Um, it is, uh, so yeah, out tomorrow um, and enjoy that. Anyway, let's crack on with some questions there are lots of people, 152 people watching at the moment. Oh, hello. Hope you're doing well. Uh, What I should say is last time, there were a lot of people started putting spam comments in here with links going, click here to watch this live stream, which you were already watching. Should any links appear, don't click on them because uh, nothing good will come of it, I'm almost sure. Anyway... uh, Questions have been sent in. If you have questions, you can ask them here. I'm going to do some of these first, and then I shall answer these questions here. Hope that makes sense. Uh, I just saw one question here, though. Carl Dyson, question time now? Question mark. Is Hoon in the book? Yes, he is. Uh, I shall. He's it's not huge. He's not in a huge amount, but he is definitely there. Hoon is in this book. A couple of people have asked that. Yep, Hoon does appear. Uh so and Hoon's standalone series is out in June. Hoon in June is my new motto. Uh, the first one's out in June. It's called North Wind. Um, and we've we've made a deal with Audible. Audible are doing the audiobooks. Um, and they're approaching some some substantial names in the Scottish acting scene to narrate. I cannot say any more than that. I don't know who it will ultimately be. Um, Angus King will continue to narrate all the the DCI Logan books, but um, Audible is keen to to get a big um, name for the Hoon series. Hopefully um, someone who is not averse to swearing, because Hoon, as many of you know, um, uses some colourful language. Uh, So, um, yeah. Here we go. Questions. Heather Allen. Are Jack and his team going to find the new cake shop? next time they stop off at JJ's when they're in Fort William yeah like if you don't know this if you haven't been watching the candle videos like 20 feet less than that 10 feet from my office front door a cake shop has opened oh in fact hang on hang on Uh, get rid of that boom there's some of the cakes that I got the other day You'll notice there are five cakes. There are four people in my immediate family, four people living in my house. Uh, As I've confessed on the candle videos, I I buy five cakes, um, four to take home, one as a sneaky additional cake to eat in my office when no one's looking. And then I bring the four home and pretend that I I just got four cakes. Um, So, yeah, this time, actually, I didn't. I didn't eat any of those cakes in the end. I had bought five, five the day previously, and I made a substantial dent in those. I was actually, um, I found out the first person to fill up the cake shop's loyalty card scheme. Uh, I don't know if there's a word that means proud and ashamed simultaneously, but um, that's how I felt, if there is. Uh, so, but lovely, it's called Wildflower, Wildflower Cakery, it's called. Uh, very nice. Thankfully it's only open at the moment on Fridays and Saturdays. So um I otherwise I all the weight I'd lost recently I would have put back on by now. So hide that for now. Um I've also got I've got weirdly cut looking weirdly red in this. I got a a light because it's quite dark in this office. So I have the top lights on, I have a lamp here, and I have another light here, and it just makes me look weird. But at least you can see my face. If that's a good thing, I don't know, but but at least you can see it. So yeah, yes, Heather. Uh, are they gonna find the new cake shop? Yes, they do. Um, I've already written it. I've written, well, I've written most of that book, and th- there is a small um a short reference to the cake shop. So yeah. Uh Maggie Steele asks, is the current COVID situation going to be incorporated into any future books? Um, it's a really good question. I I asked. I, I, you know, I did think about that. Um, I, I wasn't sure, and I decided no in the end. I decided that uh, these books exist in an alternate reality where the awfulness of twenty twenty hasn't happened. Um, I am. I think it'd be interesting to do a, a COVID murder investigation. Um, you know, murder during lockdown or, or something. I think having some sort of um, crime fiction novel set during a global pandemic could be a really good book but I kind of don't want to do it in this I I just I think this is the the Logan books feel a bit more like escapism really um obviously it's escapism with with murder and child abduction and all that stuff but um I kind of I think we've had enough we've had enough of social distancing and masks and misery and all that stuff and So, no, it will not be appearing in the um, in the series. I I, I made that a a conscious decision. Uh, So, yeah, there we go. Uh, Lucinda Frangipan. Excellent name. Well done, Lucinda. Um, Hi, it seems that authors have to publish books faster and faster. It used to be one book a year. How do you feel about that? Another excellent question. I've always written really quickly. I mean, as a kid's author, over 10 years, I wrote about 150 books thereabouts. Um, and I wrote books faster than, than publishers could put them out. That's why I, I've written under loads of different names as a children's author. Because a uh, well, part of the reason for that is that publishers don't want you to be in competition with yourself. So if I'd written, you know, seven or eight books in a year, publishers wouldn't publish seven or eight books in a year by me. But they might publish some under different names. So, um, so I have a, a whole range of of pseudonyms I've used for kids' books, uh, and most of that was because I wrote so fast. I, I write really quickly, um, and I think I kind of struggled. But some one of my series, The Spectre Collectors, for example, uh, aimed at kids age nine to twelve, and those books came out one a year around Halloween, which is which is fine. You know, but I wrote them you know far far quicker than that. Um, so they can, they were sitting there for a while doing nothing. And when a kid reads a book, you know, if you've got, the first book comes out in, let's say it was 2016, say. Um, if you've got a kid aged 10, 11, that reads that book in 2016, they're not really gonna wanna wait around a year for the next one to come out. And certainly by the time book three comes out in 2018, if they're 12, 13, they're probably gonna have grown out of that series so um I, th- I think it can hold momentum back in a series if it if it takes ages to bring them out um if even if if the logan books weren't being released one every kind of two months or so which is what's happening i'd be writing them at that pace so i would have like a backlog of them um and if i was releasing them one a month one a year one every six months or whatever uh so so no i i i enjoy it i like being able to put books out as quickly as possible to say because we're, we're kind of becoming that sort of society now people that watch you know netflix and stuff you used to watch a tv program and then wait a week for the next episode to come on and now they all land at once and you just sit and binge watch them one after the other so i think that's kind of becoming the way we are as a society which i'm making no um you know no comment on whether that's good or bad but um uh i think that's what we're doing so yeah um Estelle O'Sullivan, I absolutely love the humour in your books. Thank you very much, Estelle. What is your favourite TV sitcom, and has this show had an influence in your writing? Oh, I love sitcoms. I love I love comedy in general. I love live stand-up comedy, um, uh, comedy movies. But yeah, sitcoms. I I, I grew up watching sitcoms. Uh, I loved mostly all British sitcoms. I love Blackadder and Only Fools and Horses, especially the early stuff um dad's army going back to that uh red dwarf which had a big influence on my space team books Loved that um in kind of recent years my favorite sitcom is parks and recreation which is an american sitcom um which is fantastic i have a little ron swanson on my um on my desk uh so i think parks and recreation is, is probably my favorite sitcom of all time and um, we've just uh a rewatch of that introduced my daughter to it and she loved it as well so um yeah i think parks and recreation is probably my favorite tv sitcom uh that hasn't really influenced my writing because I, i came to it after i was writing professionally but definitely all the sitcoms i used to watch both as a kid and as a teenager and then kind of in earlier adult life um from you know everything it was a real mishmash of everything from um you know bread by carla lane and um, Bottom, Rick Mill, Adrian Edmondson, and st- everything really, Fawlty Towers, all that stuff, so all the kind of classics, and then um, yeah, so it's all, all sitcoms have an influence. Um, I think, I kind of look at um, the the Logan series as kind of, like, obviously it's a police procedural, but it's really a, a kind of comedy drama uh, like that happens to be about the police. It's kind of a soap, it's like a funny soap opera, um, and the, and the humour is not the kind of the main driving part of it, the humour always comes from the characters for me, um, and the situations that some of them find themselves in, particularly poor uh, D.C. Niche, who's really ended up as being the butt of so many jokes, and uh, and that continues in, in in the other books. So, um, yeah, but I think they can all kind of laugh at themselves, and I think that, that, um, that relationship, that kind of banter that comes from the relationship, um, it's quite true to life in terms of what the emergency services how they deal with the situations they find themselves in um so yeah can't remember what that question was by the way uh but i thought if i talked long enough nobody would realize so i probably shouldn't have said it now um uh oh i can't really answer this uh christine because it's a bit of a spoiler. If you could bring back one of the characters no longer in the series, would you? And if so, who? Um, I, uh, I probably wouldn't. I don't think I would. Uh. I think, I'm kind of yeah. I think anyone that got rid of, I got rid of for good reason. Probably not because they were a bad character, but because it was necessary to get rid of them for some plot reason or other. Um, so I don't think I would bring any back as such. Um, but I, there is more I could say on that, but it would give you a spoiler. In fact, it would give you a spoiler for a later book that's not out yet, um, which, I have, which I haven't written yet, but that I have an idea for. So um, uh, no, let's just say I wouldn't do that. There we go. Uh, Tracy Jardine asks, is anything proper going to come of Jack and Shona? Oh, Jack and Shona. It's the it's the love story for the ages. Um, yeah, probably. We'll have to wait and see, wouldn't you? Uh, but it's high time it bloody did, put it that way. Been going on for a long time this now. Um, so, yeah, um, just watch this space, Tracy. Louise Lucas Saunders, any chance there could be a murder on the Isle of Skye? I mean, that's, I live on Skye. Is this, are you trying to get me to assassinate someone on Skye? Is that what's what's happening here? It'd be great to get a visit from the team. We have loads of places for hiding bodies. I'm slightly concerned about you, uh, Louise Lucas Saunders. That seems, that message seems loaded (laughs) with uh, hidden meaning. Um, Any chance there could be a murder on the Isle of Skye? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, and um, I really want to use Sky as a location, but it's almost, i it, it was going to appear a little bit in Snowball's Chance in Hell, but I felt what I came up with for it didn't do it justice because it's such an amazing place. And like you say, there's plenty of places for hiding bodies. So I kind of want to make sure that I do it justice. Um, so I have, I know what's going to happen there and I now know when it's going to happen. So yes, there will be big adventure on the Isle of Skye. That's all I can say at the moment. Jane Wynn, have you been approached by Yankee Candle to be their Scottish slash UK ambassador yet? Funnily enough, no. Um, that has not happened. Possibly because I have um, called them bastards on several occasions now. Um, possibly because I have described their candles as smelling like fairy liquid and pickled onions. Um Both of which are very pleasant smells, I should say. That's not a criticism. Um, But funnily enough, no Yankee Candles have not decided to um, adopt me as their brand ambassador, which is a shame. Yankee Candles, if you're watching, you know, I'd be up for it. Um, Jane also says, a serious question now. How do you decide the titles? They're always succinct. Do you get halfway through and it becomes obvious or does hard thought come into it? It's a bit both, really. Sometimes the title I come up with first. But that's what happened with Snowball's Chance in Hell. I thought, that's a good title. What could that be about? And I, I did it that way. For the next one that comes up, I struggled with the title quite a lot. Um, that's book 10, and I'll show the cover of that shortly. Um, I struggled with that quite a bit. Um, and I had a few different titles. And I've actually settled on the title that I have settled on. But um, there's a reason I kind of succinct, is that um, the first book that... the, the title is quite big you know a litter of bones and you want to kind of keep that um brand going so the covers are fairly recognizable as all being by the same author so in order to do that i had to keep the text quite big and if i have long titles they just don't fit so it's a practicality um thing as much as anything else uh so yeah um when will the paperback be available please merry christmas thank you Merry christmas to you too when it comes uh, paperbacks for Snowball's Chance in Hell um, they should have been here by now they should—they they will be arriving any day now um, the Highland book job in Fort William has been doing pre-orders of them uh, but Brexit is a part of the problem, the, the printer is in mainland Europe and um, there have been some delays and all that stuff and partly that's because of additional paperwork and stuff that had to be done for Brexit, even though we haven't or have we left now? I think, I don't know I've no idea what's happening with it but yeah, blame Brexit, that's why the the paperbacks aren't here, however they will be available any day now so uh, won't be long uh, Nan Matheson, Ian Rankin has kept Rebus going for years do you think you will do the same with Jack Logan or do you think he will end at some point? We all end eventually, Nan uh, no plans to stop him at the moment I'm really enjoying writing them I wasn't sure I would when I first started. I thought I want to write this one police procedural story, and I've kind of fallen in love with with the characters, um, not in a mucky way, but in, in a purely platonic kind of way, uh, and and I really enjoy writing them, and I really enjoy writing their relationship and that dynamic that goes on between them. Uh, so so no plans to to um, to ditch them at any point in the near future. However, there will be a little while when they alternate between Hoon books. There are three of those and uh, and Logan. And I, I do plan also writing Space Team and um, my Sidekicks superhero series um, for next year as well. So it's going to be a busy year, let me tell you. Um, Margaret Laidlaw, your first four books are out in audiobook. Do you have a timeline for the others to go on? Yes, I do. They're all out already. Um, well, most of them are. I think up to book... Eight, yeah, book eight. Up to book eight is available uh, now, Margaret. And book nine should be out any day now. It's all been approved by Audible. We're just waiting for them to do whatever it is they do behind the scenes, which seems to take forever, um, and then it will be live. So basically, any time now. And book ten, no, no, I've got all that wrong. First seven are out. Book eight is one we're waiting on. Book nine is the one that comes out tomorrow on ebook, isn't it? Oh, okay, I've lost track. Yeah, book nine. That's been recorded. Uh, just waiting for Audible to approve that one. So book eight, A Death Most Monumental, whatever book that is, that will arrive any day now. Book nine, Snowball's Chance in Hell, will probably be out early January, I think, because um, Audible is taking such a long time. Um, so, yeah, so that's all that's all happening, so right, let's see some questions that you guys have asked in the comments here uh let's go I'll scroll back up to try and get some in uh, uh okay, no what's a bit showing will will Jack Logan ever find some romance well let's it's it's getting there and it? it's 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 making slow progress. But he's um, he's getting there. So uh, Nigel Richardson, what made you choose the name Logan? I'd been reading a lot of Wolverine comics at that point. I'm um, actually annoyed. I'm disappointed I chose the name Logan actually because I, I was reading a lot of Wolverine. He's called Logan, um, and I thought, right, cool, that's a good. I'm going to use that. It's a solid name. And then, I, of course, I remembered after I had um, published the first one that uh, Stuart McBride's detective is called Logan Logan McRae is that right Logan something I made that up Um I've only read one Stuart McBride book and it was quite a long time ago and he wasn't in it but um but yeah he's called Logan which is annoying that there are now two of them so um yeah I would probably have gone with something else had that occurred to me um so uh yeah but Wolverine was to blame really uh where do you get ideas for the logan books i just imagine how i could murder people i really i think about the victims first of all i I think about who would be an interesting person to die you know because obviously most murders are are tragic obviously but boring most murders are wives murdering husbands husbands murdering wives people you know, getting in fights and and all that stuff. And, and most, you know, drug related or whatever it is, those those are most murders. And they're all, you know, horrible, tragic things, but they don't necessarily make that interesting crime fiction. So it's thinking of what would make an interesting victim uh, and an interesting motive and sort of working back from there. Uh, that's how most of them, most of them happen anyway. Uh, book six was slightly different. You know, that was kind of set up back in back in book one, and so book six was really just paying that off. Um, So yeah. Uh, Heather Allen, I'm so glad you write quickly. I've lost interest in other series when I'm waiting one, two, three years for the next installment. I'm a classic binger. Uh Yeah, I agree with that. I can get so I forget what's happened. And so I have no inclination to go back. I forget what's happened in my own, in my own books that I've published two months ago. So if I read someone else's um book and then... A year goes by, I will have no clue about anything that's happened or any recollection of having read the book in the first place. Um, Alison Dees just said, Golden Girls, question mark, question mark. Don't quite know what you're getting at there. Uh, obviously, the Golden Girls are fabulous. I have Golden Girls pop figures up there as well. But um, uh, Oh, sorry, that was that for the sitcom. God, yes, Go- Golden Girls was a massive influence. Love the Golden Girls. Um so yeah, and Black Book, someone else mentioned yeah, Father Ted, can't forget about all that um, so here, there we go um, uh, John Thurmond patiently waiting for a niche slash Deadman crossover um, Dan Deadman, you can probably see it over there somewhere, it's the bottom of a, a book cover It uh, was made into a big canvas, Dial D for Deadman Dan Deadman is a, a science fiction detective, he's like an undead sci-fi detective who lives in space. Uh, and he, uh, I have a, I have a plan, I have a cover even for a crossover between, just a short cut crossover between Dan Dedman and Logan's crew, uh, which I will be writing very, very soon. And that'll be available for free on my mailing list. So if you go to jdkirk.com, uh, you can sign up to the newsletter there and you will get that free when it's ready. Um, uh, I don't want to. There's two questions coming up, uh, which I don't want to. One from Eileen Brown, which minor's not really a spoiler, but um, uh, it's about Jack's relationship with his daughter. So uh, I shall leave that and just say you will, you will, you will find out. Um, Eliz Barber, be great if you could have some killings in Ayrshire. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't cover there. They've got their own um, MIT in down in Central Belt that would cover that. Um, the major investigations team uh, based in Inverness covers kind of north of Scotland and a bit out towards Aberdeen and stuff so um, but there's no saying that there wouldn't be a little crossover down that way Um, so yeah Uh, Julie Nelson sorry I'm late trying to get home with my McDonald's and the police have closed off the surrounding roads So, sitting in my car, eating, watching you. God, that's exciting, isn't it? What's happening there, I wonder? Um, Oh, uh, we've got a a KFC opening in a couple of days. Our first ever KFC. Ah, It's exciting times in Fort William. Cake shops and KFC, not good for the diet, but who knows. Um, Where are we now? Let's see. Uh, In other series I read, it seems popular to add a prequel. Is this something you've considered? um uh, kind of i've considered it but kind of ruled out i was going to do uh a prequel with um mr whisper with the original arrest um where mr whisper ends up getting caught that's all there's no spoilers there but that's all established in the first chapter or so of of book one first couple of chapters mr whisper child um murderer jack logan catches them basically, and I thought I could write that as a little prequel. But I kind of like it being I like to be an idea of mystery about it, and 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 some of that gets revealed in book six. Everything that happened, but not all, but just little hints about it. Um, and I kind of prefer it like that. I think keeping that mystery is more important to me than than going. Look, here's another book. So probably not. And also, what what works for me about the series is that. Dynamic between Jack and the other characters, and you know, I mean, we could have Ben. Ben. Ben was around at that point. Di Ford, but that would be it. So we see those two a bit younger, but there'd be no Nish or Hamza or Sinead or any of that lot. Um. So, uh, so yeah, I I don't think I would uh, really. Um. So. Bu- 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 Really good to see people supporting the Highland Bookshop um, in Fort William. They've been huge supporters of mine. They sell dozens upon dozens of signed paperbacks every week, it seems. Um, so, And they've had the exclusive pre-order for Snowball's Chance in Hell. Um, and as I say, those books will be arriving very, very soon, just as soon as um, they arrive, I suppose. Uh, but but, but oh, let's see. May, Mary Ellen has just... Written space team, all block caps. Good on you, Mary Ellen. Uh, big space team fan. Uh, where are we now? Alison D. Hoon is so complicated. Can't wait for June. I'm glad you think that, Alison. Um, when Hoon, when I look back at Hoon in the early books, um, he's, he, he is kind of deliberately a bit two-dimensional. He's just an angry boss, which is a kind of trope of... Um, you know detective fiction I mean you think of like Starsky and Hutch's boss and Cagney and Lacey's boss um they were always angry and it was always that thing just give me 24 hours chief um they were always angry bosses and so so Hoon was kind of a Scottish version of that just like a really really violently angry boss uh with lots of um spouting lots of obscenities really and then um, when I realized that I wanted to do more with them, you kind of became a bit more more nuanced. And um, and I think as the series progresses, uh, it becomes possible to empathize with them, which I don't think it is earlier on. Um, uh, Sam asked Rob, Shona POV books would be cool. She's hilarious. Thoughts? That's uh, Shona Maguire, the pathologist. Um, It'd be really interesting. I think I would need to know a lot more about um, kind of, you know, autopsies and all that stuff and, and post-mortems and bodies, um, which would require quite a lot of research. There's a lot – if you if, when you read the um, – and this will probably spoil all these scenes from now on, but when you read the any of the the, the mortem scenes, there's a lot of hand-waving goes on there. There's a lot of – oh, yeah, I'll, I'll put the details in the report, which basically means – I don't have a clue what any of this means. And I have reached the limit of my research capabilities. So anytime you see, I'll pop it in the report means, yeah, I've run out of, of knowledge. Um, so yeah, there we go. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to do something more with our, Um I, I just think I need to do a lot more research than I'm perhaps capable of, or indeed interested in doing. Because I'm naturally a lazy person. Uh, where are we now? Uh, Lisa is checking Audible twice daily for book eight. Oh, Lisa. Yeah, it should be here. It should have been here ages ago. It's just taking a long, long time. Um, but uh, yeah, so any time now. Rachel Marsh, you asked what our favourite one-liners were. What is yours? I have no idea. I don't remember them. I don't... Uh, the one kind of line I remember... Because I... I it wasn't actually me someone had posted in the um the dci logan fan group saying give me your favorite lines from the series and and i didn't remember most of them um almost none i would say the one um i think i remember is from book one and it was how did he get in the polar sun was there a raffle um to one of the uniform officers and that's basically the only line i can really remember. So. so I don't know. Um, Pat is asking, is this book set at Christmas time? It is indeed. Uh, I will say as well, there are a couple of points in the series so far that I have. And obviously, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, a butch, very masculine man, as you can probably tell by looking at me. Um, but uh, there were a couple of points in the series when I uh, burst into tears while writing one of those was towards the end of book six a whisper of sorrows if you have if you've read it you will probably know the moment Uh, and and one of those was in book nine um towards the end of book nine and that's all i will will tell you on that um uh eileen brown would you consider using your readers' names in your books? Yes, absolutely. I have quite a lot of characters in the books. Some of the minor characters are named after different people um, that I know. Uh, yeah, and the Sidekicks book, as I think I've mentioned before, Sidekicks Initiative is a superhero book. And in the kind of the back of that, I kill off about 500, 600 readers who had kind of volunteered to be killed. I'd asked on on Facebook for a couple of readers who were interested in in dying horribly in the book and hundreds upon hundreds had replied so I thought well I can't obviously fit you all in because that would take up most of the book so at the back there's a big list of of, of all their names and how they died horribly uh so yeah I am I'm, I'm always up for killing off my readers um fictionally of course unless they leave negative reviews in which case I also do it in real life uh where do you get Hoon's classic put downs from? Uh, just my mind. Uh, I don't have anywhere to go. I wish there was a big book of of um, Scottish obscenities I could turn to, but um, but there isn't, unfortunately. So I I just make them up. Um, some of them come very very naturally. Some of them I'm, when I'm writing, and I found this happening more and more as I get older. When I'm writing, I kind of find myself speaking out loud i find myself saying the dialogue out loud and pulling facial expressions that correspond with whatever's going on at that point as my wife pointed out to me maybe a year or so back that if i was writing something angry i would just, and if i'm writing something happy i will um and so i kind of get quite into the characters now especially now that i know the characters so well so um with hoon i kind of it's a bit like being an actor i suppose i kind of I kind of put myself into that role and i imagine how he feels about whoever he's talking to or how, how he feels about pretty much everyone in the world and i kind of channel that and and, and let it come out and um, i've said before that most of my that my writing muscles are all in my fingers and not in my head quite often I, I read along with what's happening on screen and i'm surprised by what has appeared because my fingers have come up with it by themselves Um so yeah there we go uh, Julie D Kirk, J D Kirk. Um, hello. At what point in writing do you have the ending sorted? I know the ending generally before I start writing the book, not necessarily with the science fiction stuff. Mostly that's made up as I go along. Uh, the crime fiction though, I um, I have to know who done it. So that's reasonably planned out. I know who was responsible. I kind of you almost like it's almost like you write the story of the murder and never show it to anyone so in my head i know who murdered who and why they did it and what clues they've left and you know how they've messed up and all that stuff so if i know that bit i kind of know the ending because i kind of know um what's you know what's going to happen um or what has to happen for that all to come out um there are a few exceptions in uh, a death most monumental there were some things i wasn't expecting i wasn't expecting the phrase um Kiss Glasgow, uh, which is uh which is one of the other lines that I remember actually, uh, which is something Logan says at the end, and I won't spoil it any more than that. Um, but that's none of that I saw coming, none of that. Um that confrontation I saw coming the way it played out. Um, but uh yeah. There we go. Um any chance of a Netflix deal, Susie Grey asks. If you're offering Susie, I'll be up for that. Um So yeah, I mean, TV stuff might happen. It's it's really early days. It's really hard to say if TV stuff is going to happen. I have had some really positive news about a film script that I wrote. Um, I co-wrote this one with a friend of mine who's a director, and it's a horror set um, on the shores of Loch Ness. The Loch Ness monster is not is not the monster. It's not the villain. is set there so it's quite a kind of um psychological horror thing with some supernatural elements i've had some really really good news about that i can't say too much more about but hopefully i can tell you some more about that in january time uh but it's looking very very promising uh, looking really hopeful so um yeah that's all i can really to tell you about that but in terms of tv for logan who knows Again, just watch this space and we'll see what happens. TV tends to fall apart a lot. I had a sitcom um with BBC Scotland, BBC Studios. Sorry, BBC Studios, not BBC Scotland. BBC Studios um that was looking likely to be produced for Channel Four. And unfortunately that all fell apart during lockdown. And, and so so all these things happen. Things, things look promising and then they collapse and then but um, it's it's the, the film thing looking very promising. I mean, I have a cinema in Fort William, uh, as Christine Harris had just pointed out, uh, owned by the same guy that owns the bookshop, the Highland Bookshop. Um, it's crazy because I've, I've desperately wanted a cinema in Fort William for years, years and years and years. And then just before it's due to open, a global pandemic shuts everything down. And threatens to bring the cinema industry to its knees, so that's um uh, that's unfortunate, but um really hoping that that does well and um yeah be good if 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 the film does go ahead as it looking likely that have a nice little premiere thing in there would be good um Warren Whitley, could you kill off a tourist Real, like fiction wise because uh, there's plenty of tourists uh in real life I'd happily, happily kill off. Obviously not the ones who will come and stay in our holiday cottages because I love them and never kill those guys. Um but uh could you kill a tourists maybe next time? Oh, this is you putting yourself forward, Warren. Maybe next time I'm in Fort William. Only fictionally, of course. Uh yeah, I think there are some have tourists died? I can't remember. I think tourists probably have died. And there will be there will be tourist based death in uh book 10 which is out in feb no that's a lie in book 11 which is out in may i think something like that yeah tourists will die mark my words warren whitley tourists will die and they shall die horribly um do you know a real person that swears as well as hoon does um yeah probably met many there's quite a few people in Scotland um who use swearing as a form of punctuation. I think Billy Conley might have mentioned that, but I've met many of them. Um, and uh, and yeah, it is just it's like a comma. You use you use the swear. Um, so quite a lot of them, but not not perhaps as creatively as as Hoon. Um, I think he he makes a bit of an art form of it. Because it'd be very easy just to have them just swear where and say the same few swear words over and over again and it would get very repetitive so um it's not really just swearing it's just insults and um and that sort of thing so um yeah i don't know anyone that swears as creatively as hoon does apart from possibly uh myself but only when i'm writing writing him uh a lot of people are saying they swear as as bad as badly as who you know, when driving. So yeah, driving seems to be the uh, the key. A few people are, have have that issue. Um, any new sergeants or constables joining Logan's team? Um, not at the moment. We had we had a couple of new characters in one of the books recently. I Can't remember which one. Uh, Dave Davidson. Uh, and uh, and Detective Superintendent Mitchell. So there were a couple of new characters. I don't like adding new characters particularly in every book. Um, but uh, they, yeah, there will be new people coming up, and there are there are people pop up obviously in in different books. But the team is pretty established as they are at the moment. So I don't want to disrupt that too much quite yet. But um, but it will happen uh valerie hatton uh where do you get your information about the way police operate i don't want to just make it up um guesswork really um i think the way the police operate is is probably very dull from what i know from police officers um and nobody really wants to read about actual police procedure so i just kind of make most of it up hope that doesn't disappoint you too much um so, yeah, there we go. Um, uh, uh, where are we? Do you keep an index system for your characters so you do not forget? Um, that's a very good question, because I, I, I forget pretty much everything, as I have mentioned. I have a really terrible memory. Part of that, I think, is because I have a, con- I don't know if it's called a, if it's a class, a condition, but I have a thing called aphantasia, which I might have mentioned before, when I don't see pictures in my head, I think exclusively in words and not in pictures. So I struggle to remember what people look like. That's why there's kind of key things about a lot of them. So, um, so Logan is big and imposing. Tyler it's his hair, you know, so there's there's a, a lot of the characters have have key features that makes it easy for me to remember them or to re- refer back to. Um, so, um, but in terms of like yeah in terms of their their characteristics i can remember uh their histories and all that stuff struggle with that um my editor uh she's recently started putting together like kind of a series bible where she records everything that happens in in the books um who all the characters are all the locations that are used all that stuff uh so so yeah that's going to prove really handy i think going forward um so yeah uh <laughs> uh Linda De los Santos, again, excellent name, well done. Would you ever kill off a fellow author in a book? I noticed one of your fellow Scottish authors killed off Barry Hutchison the a slotty pet of Kyomingure. He wasn't actually a Scottish author. That was David J. Gatward. Uh another great author. He's got a couple of books set now. You really should should read those. The DCI Grimm series. Uh I've actually killed him off numerous times in different books. Uh, i yeah, I like to kill off people that I know um or or do other terrible things to them uh like the kind of one of the main suspects in um the in book ten is named after a, a good friend of mine and he's a pathetic character in this book. He's really cuts a pathetic, pitiful figure, and I just thought it'd be funny to name him after a friend of mine, so um yeah. I, I, I like doing that. Uh, in fact, Carol has asked, Carol has said, Did you know David J. Gatward used your name in one of his Harry Grimm books? Yes, I did. And it was a form of revenge for the many, many times that I have killed off some variation of Dave Gatward over the years. Um so uh and someone says, Love the Grim books. Yes, they're very, very good. Um, so do check those out if you haven't done already. Obviously, you know. My new book's coming tomorrow, I'll probably read that first. Nothing against Dave Gatwood. Uh I'd probably just read mine first. Um. Uh, Catherine McGranera, is that your name? After the last book, can you still look at or pass the Glenfinnan Viaduct with a straight face? Because I can't, hashtag DC niche. Um. Yeah, I, I live fairly close to that. Um, I haven't been past it since then, actually. Uh, so so I don't know. I'm sure I will when I do pass it, I will, I will think fondly of that scene and poor um poor DC Niche. Um so I think we're kind of how long we've been going for a while now. We're almost eight o'clock. Uh uh, uh Stevie Grey, are you an actor? Could you could star as Logan in your own film? Mind you, you'd have to learn the script. Absolutely not an actor. I, well saying that. I did, I used to act a little bit. I was in a couple of Terry Pratchett plays. I played Corporal Carrot in Guards, Guards and Captain Carrot in Men at Arms. Uh, and to do that, I had to dye my hair bright orange, uh, which meant, because my hair is very dark naturally, so I had to bleach it completely and then put on this this iron brew orange uh, kind of hair dye that was like that colour. Uh, and i was I was um carrot from from Teddy Pratchett books and Teddy Pratchett himself came to the opening night of the first the first one which was terrifying uh, but that was good that was good fun uh so um but yeah but I can not act so that's a, a a downside I would like someone who can actually act to play to play logan to play all the characters in fact um so yeah Uh, And Joanne Bottle, never heard of this. I think you're talking about Aphantasia, learning new things every day. Yes, it's really interesting, actually. I I only found out about it kind of last year or so when I was having a conversation with my son about um, mental images, but picturing things in your head. And I had assumed that 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 was just like a thing people said. I didn't think they could actually picture things. And he can picture things really clearly. He can picture, if you say picture a green star he'll be able to picture that as if it's floating in the air in front of him which seems like a superpower to me because i can't do that i can't picture it if someone says picture a green star you know the words green and and star and then space and then you know triangles and points and, and all these different things words connected to the concept of a green star come into my head but i don't see anything um and i'm 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 possibly going to be involved in a study on it next year where i could put in an mri machine and have to imagine things imagine sights and smells and sounds um and and they will see what happens to the brain of someone with aphantasia when that happens so that should be really interesting um well probably not at the time i'll just be lying in a tube uh which is never interesting but um the the whole concept of it i I find fascinating this idea that you can that you can see things by imagining them seems insane to me um, but I think it's also why I write really quickly because I think in words so I don't have to think in a picture and then translate that into words the words come first I think that's why my fingers do all the typing and my brain just kind of takes a back seat and just watches from the sidelines um But I'm afraid we are coming to a close. It is uh, almost eight o'clock, which means there are only four hours now until the book is released on Kindle and hopefully uh, the book should all arrive with Highland Bookshop tomorrow and can start getting sent out um, Brexit-willing. So don't blame me. Um, And don't blame the Highland Bookshop. Blame our political failings of some sort um, or cross channel transport i don't know don't just don't blame me all right I, that's not my fault i mean i could have put the order in earlier certainly but it's still not you know my fault strictly speaking anyway um i hope you enjoy the book when it arrives i look forward to hearing what you think and um if you haven't been following along with my candle adventure do tune back in tomorrow on youtube and you will be able to see me opening door number 15 who knows what it holds? In fact, before I go, I'm going to quickly Google what's in, because I always Google what's in the candles. So um, what's this one called? Snowflake cookie. Here we go. Yankee candles, snowflake cookie there is. It just smells like, smells a bit sickly. It smells a bit like white chocolate. Like melting white chocolate. I don't like white chocolate. Um, snowflake cookie. Here's what's in that. A new tr no, a new Christmas tradition that is sure to charm. Oh, no, I don't want your ten percent discount. Um perfectly pretty holiday cookies Deliciously decorated with sugary pink icing. Fragrance notes This is almost always the biggest load of old bullshit you've ever heard. Fluffy marshmallow. Actually I can't I can't get marshmallow from that. Whipped vanilla icing. I mean, why whipped? Does that whipped icing smell different to normal icing? No, warm cinnamon. No, I got there was a, there was a cinnamon one last week. Best thing I've ever smelled in my life. Cinnamon stick, genuinely the best smell I've ever smelled. Nutmeg. No, sweet buttercream. That's just that's just whipped vanilla icing again, isn't it? Not getting it. Sugar cookie. Uh, So the top note is fluffy marshmallow, whipped vanilla icing. I am getting a bit of marshmallow, a bit of marshmallow, a bit of white chocolate. That's what I'm getting. But hey, it's better than pickled onions, one of the previous ones. Uh, So, yeah, so that's Snowflake Cookie. That's uh, day 14, and that is the um, haphazard, disorganized launch event for a snowball's chance in hell. What I did say was I was going to show you the cover for the next one. So, yeah, you can pre-order it now. It's up on Amazon now. And here it is. It is called Ahead of the Game. It is set at the well of Seven Heads. Not all of it, but a body is discovered at the well of Seven Heads um, near Invergarry, uh, not far from here. Um, and I was quite proud of that little tagline. One body, seven heads, zero clues. And, uh, yeah, so that comes out in February. Ooh available to pre-order now on ebook um, and soon as a paperback so uh yeah there we go thanks for uh, coming along lovely to have you i'll pop up the cover for that one again and uh uh, so enjoy the book and i will speak to you all again soon goodbye for now here's some cakes to send you on your way Thanks for listening to this episode of Notes from a Scottish Author. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe, leave a review and tell all your friends, if, unlike me, you actually have any. You can find more information about the show at scottishauthor.com